and welcome to UX Shortcast. Every day, I handpick the hottest articles from the last 24 hours to bring you the coolest and most exciting updates. Get ready for a quick yet catchy snapshot of what's new and buzzing in user experience. Ready to get inspired? Let's jump in. Today, on February 12th, I have the pleasure of inviting you to another episode of UX Shortcast. In the piece, the ARIA description attribute and why you should avoid using it by Daniel Berryhill, we dive into a tech topic about making websites easier for folks with disabilities to use. Here's the lowdown. There's a new tool called ARIA Description that's meant to help people who use special software to navigate the web. But, Berryhill warns us to be careful with it. First off, he says this tool is part of a bigger set of guidelines called Y-Area 1.3. These guidelines are like a rule book for making the internet more accessible, but they're not set in stone yet. Berryhill's main point is that we should stick to the basics. If we can use regular website code that everybody understands, we should do that first. The ARIA description thing is only for when there's no other choice. And even then, if you're not a pro at using it, it's better to steer clear because it could make things more confusing instead of helping. So, the takeaway from Barry Hill's advice in UX Collective is to keep it simple and use this new tool sparingly and wisely. In A Proposal for Modern UX Researchers by Ananda Nadia, it's like a playbook for staying on top of the game in tech jobs, especially for folks who study how people use tech products, UX researchers. The tech world's cutthroat, with jobs being chopped left and right. So, Nadia's saying these researchers need to do more than just understand users. They gotta help their whole team get it. She lays out a game plan. Know your product and customers like the back of your hand, get your team to see things your way for the good of the business and the users, and be ready to tackle more than just the usual research stuff. Think bigger, like understanding business talk and what's buzzing in the market. The goal? Make yourself so valuable they can't afford to lose you. And if you've got something to say about it, Nadia's all ears for a chat. Faith Olohijeri wrote a piece called The Power of Personalizing User Experience. And it's all about making websites and apps feel like they were made just for you. Imagine walking into a store where they know your name and what you like. That's the kind of service personalization can give you online. The article breaks down how this works. Websites can change up their look based on what you're into or suggest things you might like, just like how Netflix recommends shows. It's not just about what you see. It's about making things easier for you, like getting restaurant tips when you're in a new place. This personalized touch can make you want to keep using a service because it feels like they get you. It's good for businesses, too, because happy customers stick around and think better of the brand. In short, Faith's saying that making things more personal online is a win-win. It's more fun for you and better for the businesses you like. Just remember, designers need to really understand what folks want to get personalization right. Nick Lawrence just dished out the real scoop on design tools in his piece, UI UX Design, The Absolute State of Design Tools in 2024, over at UX Planet. So, here's the deal. The design tool market's like a packed flea market, each stall yelling about their fancy features. But the big question is, do you ditch Figma for something new? Straight talk, some tools are biting the dust. Adobe XD? It's been kicked to the curb by Adobe. Envision? 
It's got one foot in the grave, closing down by end of 24. And Framer? It took a hard turn into web design territory, so it ain't the go-to for UI design anymore. Nick's verdict. These tools are just his two cents based on his own battle scars from the design trenches. Your experience might be a whole other ball game, depending on your own design playbook and your squad's game plan. So, take it with a grain of salt, and maybe stick with what works for you unless you're itching for a change. In systems thinking and its relevance to strategic planning and UX research, Alex Cerquera lays out how looking at the big picture can make a huge difference in planning for better user experiences. Instead of just zeroing in on one part of a product, like a single feature or page, systems thinking tells us to step back and see how everything works together. Here's the lowdown. Imagine you've got a truck. Instead of just tweaking the engine and hoping for the best, you look at how the engine, tires, and even the road conditions all affect your ride. That's systems thinking, understanding how all parts of a system interact. For UX research, this means we should map out the user's entire journey with a product, not just bits and pieces. By doing this, we can spot patterns, see how changes in one area affect others, and come up with better overall strategies. It's like planning a road trip by looking at the whole map, not just the next turn. Alex Cerquera shows that by using this approach, companies can create experiences that really hit the mark for customers because they're built on a deep understanding of everything that's going on, not just the obvious stuff. In Storytelling for Designers by Vadim Grin, the main point is that designers need to be good storytellers. It's not enough to just make things look nice. They gotta explain their ideas clearly, using data like facts and figures to make a strong case. The article says this helps designers make better decisions, connect with other team members, and create designs that really work for people. Grin suggests reading a book called Effective Data Storytelling and checking out resources from a pro named Ellen Lupton to get better at this. He also says to think of presenting your work like you're telling an engaging story to your grandkids. In the end, it's all about making sure your design tells a story that makes sense and means something to the people using it. Valerian Kleinschnitz penned an article titled Enhancing User Experience Through Mobile Scanning at Scalable Capital, all about making investing easier for folks. Scalable Capital, a finance company, uses cool tech to help people manage their money without a headache. They've got an app that lets you scan important stuff like passport details and bank numbers quick and error-free, thanks to a tool called AnyLine. This means no more typing in long, tricky numbers. It's a game-changer in the finance world making things simpler and smarter for anyone wanting to invest. They're leading the pack by focusing on what users need. So if you're into smart investing without the hassle, Scalable Capital's got your back. In Three Lessons Learned Post-Burnout by Jazz Diogen, the author shares hard-earned wisdom after bouncing back from job burnout and starting fresh. First off, Jazz emphasizes the need to set clear boundaries at work to avoid overload, like knowing when to say no and valuing your own downtime. Secondly, the author advises taking it slow when jumping into a new gig to avoid the same burnout trap. It's about pacing yourself and getting to know the new job without rushing. Lastly, Jazz talks about the emotional cycle of change, which is like a roller coaster of feelings we go through when facing new situations. 
the key is to stick it out and keep your eye on the prize. Jazz wraps up by encouraging folks to share their own comeback stories from burnout, reminding us that it's a common struggle, but it doesn't have to define us. Gabrielle Wong, in his piece, Time is the Real Measure of User Satisfaction for UX Planet, argues that we've been tracking how happy users are with apps and websites the wrong way. Instead of just looking at star ratings or how many people say they'd recommend a product, which can be pretty misleading, we should focus on how quickly and often folks can get their tasks done. Wong says that these time-based measures tell us more about whether a product is actually good and making people's lives easier, rather than just being popular or well-advertised. He's all about cutting through the noise and looking at what really matters to users. Saving time and hassle. Thank you for listening, and I invite you to another dose of knowledge tomorrow.